All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito, and the Celtics fall to the Indiana Pacers, 117-112. This was just another miserable loss, if you're a Celtics fan. Uh, That is three straight, and that is five of our last six. And one of those six that we did win could have lost as well. Uh, Really just a a tough game if you're the Celtics in this one. But going to follow today's podcast, same as usual. Run through play of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows, uh, and kind of wrap things up. This will be a quick one because there's not a lot of good to talk about. Uh, So let's dive in. Uh, As far as player of the game goes, there's really only one person that you can give it to, and it's Jason Tatum. Uh, He was borderline unstoppable in this game, ended with 41 points, five rebounds, four assists, shot the ball well, 13 of 25, over 50%, four of 11 from three, had a couple monster, monster plays. Uh, He put Aaron Neesmith on a poster. He put Miles Turner on a poster. I thought he like literally killed Aaron Neesmith, and Aaron Neesmith was 15 rows deep after trying to contest Jason Tatum. Uh, And he hit a massive three-point shot. Looked like it was an and one at the very end of the game that the refs called on the floor. Uh, It was a terrible call. Not going to sit here and argue that that was the reason the Celtics lost because it definitely wasn't. Uh, The Celtics still would have gotten beat by a couple points. Uh, Because realistically, we still would have been down three with four seconds left, I believe it was. And then we got to do the whole foul game. So either way, the Celtics lost. That play doesn't matter. Not going to blame the refs on this. Uh, But Jason Tatum was literally doing everything he could. And it hurts when you lose the way the Celtics did in this one. Uh, Honestly, outside of him, the other guy that – played really well, and I'm going to say really and actually mean it with this guy, is Robert Williams. He was all over the place tonight. End of the game, six points, 12 rebounds, seven of which were offensive, two assists, a steal, and a block. He led the team in plus minus. Actually, Malcolm Brogdon led the team in plus minus with plus five. Robert Williams and Jason Tatum were both plus four. So Robert Williams in this one was fantastic. The energy through the roof, love to see it. They moved his minutes up a little bit. So game one, it was 17. Game two, it was 18. Tonight, it was 22. And watching him play, he seems normal. Like he's still running down the court. He's not limping. He's hustling his ass off. He's diving time and time again for loose balls. Part of it is getting me nervous of – how much he's on the floor because of how energetic he's playing. Uh, but realistically, like this is the, this is the Robert Williams, the Celtics need. This is the guy that's creating extra shots. It's the guy that's finding guys. It's the guy that's constantly just running around on the defensive end. He played really well on both sides of the floor tonight. Uh, and you saw it late in the strat, late in the game. 
the Celtics defense when, when he was out there was switching everything and the defense looked solid. The defense when Robert Williams has been out there has been good. Uh, so this is a really good two way game for Robert Williams. You know, outside of that, you don't really have a lot of great performances. I thought Sam Hauser finally broke out of a little bad shooting stretch that he's had. He ended the night 10.6 rebounds defensively. He got blown by a couple times, but I thought he was solid uh, there. I think, honestly, he probably should have played more minutes in this one. Uh, but, you know, he didn't. He was out there. He was four of eight from the field, two of four from three. Overall solid, right? Uh that's it. That's it. Honestly, there's really no other person that really went out, played great basketball. You know, the next closest Malcolm Brogdon, but I don't really want to sit here and say that it was a great game for him either. He ended the night, 18 points, four rebounds, seven assists. So if you look at those numbers, it's solid. The plus minus is solid too. So maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just looking into it too much. But I'm looking at the stats. He was like 5 of 13 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. Shots really weren't falling. You know, he was getting other guys involved, and you certainly need that in a game where Marcus Smart's not here. Uh, but honestly, it just nobody seemed to really have it going in this one outside of, you know, Jason Tatum and Robert Williams. I thought Brogdon played his role-ish. Uh, Sam Hauser, I thought, you know, played pretty well, but really there wasn't much outside of it. Uh, it's really tough. It's really tough. And I, I hate to spend the majority of the podcast talking negative here because the Celtics did do a really good job of making a comeback, but they dug themselves in a massive hole. You know, you look at the, the way that they played in the second half. This is as good as it gets. We outscored the Pacers 42-29 in the third quarter. And we outscored them 27-17 in the fourth. Like, those are massive, massive margins, right? We outscored them by 13 in the third and 10 in the fourth. Any other game that happens, you should be walking away with a massive victory, right? That is a huge swing, huge swing. But we were down at halftime by a million, it felt like. So these are just the runs that you can't go on if you expect to do anything in this league and I'm not, I'm not sitting here crap, like hitting the panic button. Are the Celtics broken? I know that's the the title of this. I don't believe they're broken. Three straight losses sucks. Losing five of six sucks, but I'm not going to sit here and say that they're broken. But when you come out in this game on an 11 to five start, everything looked good. Jalen Brown attacking Jason Tatum attacking. The ball, the ball was moving. We were crushing Aaron Neesmith. Tatum blew past Neesmith, was fouled for two free throws. JB blows past Neesmith for a baseline drive and dunk. JB elevates right over Neesmith for a mid-range bucket. Right, like That's how we started this game. So it was a really solid start for the Celtics, but it was all downhill. And I want to talk about it. Before we dive into some of the negatives, though, I want to take a quick break for words from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Hopewell Hemp Farms. Hopewell Hemp Farms is your only source for the highest quality American-grown hemp products. If you're like me and love to be active, whether that's playing in an adult softball or basketball league, or your level of activity is limited to yard work, one thing is for certain. 
As you get older, joints start to hurt. Well, I turn to Hopewell Hemp Farms Body Butter to relax those joints and their amazing tinctures to help me fall asleep. Check them out at HopewellHempFarms.com today and stock your nightstand the only way I know how. Looking for an agent to help you buy or sell real estate? George Dimas at PD Properties is the agent for you. Sell now for a flat 3% commission on the sales price. PD Properties utilize the most current marketing techniques and strive to put more money in your pocket. If you're looking to buy, call now and George will be with you every step of the way until you find a property you're able to call home. Serving the North Shore and beyond, call George Dimas with PD Properties today at 781-913-2290. That's 781-913-2290. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns like can the Celtics continue on this unbelievable stretch of basketball and break the NBA offensive rating record? When I'm looking to get in on that action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Do you think Jason Tatum's going to score 35 in a Celtics 10-point game? This is the type of action you can get in on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so let's dive into some of the stats here for the Celtics. This is a this is a frustrating game because honestly, a lot of this game comes down to the fact that the Celtics just weren't hitting shots. Uh, giving up 117 to the Pacers isn't good, but if you look through the stat sheet tonight, we out-rebounded them by 15. We had 25 offensive rebounds as a team, which is ridiculous. Uh, but we also were right there with assist. We had one more steal. We had two more blocks than they did, and we had four more fast break points. So through and through, you look at the stat sheet, it doesn't make sense that the Celtics could lose. Now, they did, and they dug themselves in a 30-point hole on, you know, in root of that, right? How did they get there? Boils down, very, very easy answer, shooting. Right, you look at the way that the Celtics shot tonight, it was abysmal. And I feel like I've said that a lot over this last six games when we've lost five of our last six. Uh, but field goal percentage tonight 47% for the Pacers, Celtics 38%. Again, this is from the field, not from three, from the field 38%. From three, 46% for the Pacers, for the Celtics. 31 and a half. Like this right here is the reason that the Celtics are continuing to lose. We are not getting good shots. 
And when we're getting good shots, they're honestly just not falling in. When the Celtics went on that huge, I can't say huge stretch, but when they started the game off hot, went out 11-5, like I said earlier, they were attacking the basket. They were making things happen. They were finding guys. The ball was moving. But more, more importantly, they were getting downhill to the rim, right? The Pacers went on a 26-2 run after that 11-5 start. 26-2. That is basically it all boils down to the fact that the Celtics' ball and player movement was non-existent. Nobody was moving. The ball was sticking in everybody's hands. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, a lot of ISO. You look at the end of the first quarter, you have three of the five starters, Horford, White, Pritchard, all with zero points. Zero points. Uh, At halftime, we had literally zero points from Horford, White, and Pritchard again. So three of our starters through halftime did not score. So you're getting big minutes from these guys. This isn't like, you know, even Pritchard, who went out and played, you know, got the starting role in this one, still played a good amount of minutes in this. Like, he played 17 minutes. There should never be a circumstance where three of your five starters do not score at the half. Now, I'll talk about really the rotations and and what Joe Mazzulla has been doing with the starting lineup uh, at the end of this podcast. But for right now, the Celtics starters, meaning Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, were playing so ISO heavy in the beginning of this game. And I've talked about it a million times on this podcast. Whenever they play ISO heavy, no, not everybody gets involved. And whenever, when no one gets involved besides those two, that's when the Celtics are at their absolute worst. You saw it a lot at the end of the, at the end of this game in the third and fourth quarters where we dominated the Pacers looked like first, you know, 20 games of the season Celtics. You saw it. All of the guys were moving the ball. Jason Tatum did go God mode, and I'm not going to sit here and argue against that. Jason Tatum was doing whatever he wanted. Nobody was stopping him on the Pacers. However, he wasn't in the game the entire time. So when he wasn't there, like the ball was still moving. Guys were finding open shots. The Celtics were playing Celtics basketball, and all of a sudden it just stopped. Like You cannot do that as a championship contending team. The Celtics came in, looked like they were miles ahead of the competition. Miles ahead. Bucks looked really good. Not going to say miles ahead of the Bucks, but miles ahead of the majority of the NBA. The last six games, it's it's horrible. And I kind of I kind of talked about it a little bit last podcast, but the Celtics were on a historic run as far as offensive efficiency. They literally have the worst offense in the entire NBA in the last six games, the worst. And I'm not just, I'm not making this up. It's the worst. Like that is unacceptable for a team that is trying to make the NBA finals a reality, right? It's just not something you can do. And honestly, you look at the way, you know, some of the players played throughout this one, take, 
take out the starting conversation, Derek White has been pretty damn consistent for the majority of this season. But for the last couple of games, bad. Tonight, 26 minutes, a lot of minutes, right? 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he's not playing well on the defensive end because he is. And he always has, and he always, I'm sure he always will. But offensively, he started off shooting 40-plus percent from three. He can't hit anything right now. The mojo's off. I don't know what happened. Al Horford in this one wasn't aggressive whatsoever in finding shots at all. Uh, Peyton Pritchard started in this one. Didn't look for shots whatsoever. Like these guys are are going into a starting role. They need to play like they belong there. And right now they're very much just playing and trying to stay on the court. And that's not how you stay there. They're playing like they want to be on the court, but they're not physically doing enough to stay there. And that to me is a huge issue. Right, You look at the way Derek White has played off the bench. It's been fantastic because the pressure's off. Right, He just goes out, plays his game, moves the ball instead of just giving the ball to Jason or Jalen and stepping out of the way. Right, like That's what these guys are doing. That's what Derek White and Peyton Pritchard did in this one tonight. They gave the ball to Jason or Jalen, got out of their way. They ran around a little bit and tried to just let Jason and Jalen do their thing. And that's when the offense really struggles and you can't do it. Uh, But honestly, the thing that has helped the Celtics so much has been their bench depth. It's been guys stepping up off the bench. And honestly, like we saw a little bit of it tonight, Malcolm Brogdon, fine. Robert Williams, good. Hauser, good minutes from him. But those guys need to do it consistently. Like this is this is the name of the game for the Celtics at this point. They need to find consistent rotations. And here's the first time all season long that I'm going to criticize Joe Mazzulla. I maybe I talked a little bit about the timeouts and him not calling them. I've moved past that because honestly, if the players like it, I'm for it. If he wants them to work through these things early on in the season so he can call timeouts later in the playoffs, I'm all, I'm here for it. I don't, I don't care. But the issue that I'm having with Joe Missoula is all of the rotations, right? If you're down a starter like we were today with Marcus Smart, I'm just not quite understanding putting Pritchard into that role. And it's it honestly, it kind of goes right back to Al Horford sitting in the back-to-backs and then going to Blake Griffin. You have Peyton Pritchard, you have Blake Griffin, who aren't rotation players at all. Like, they do not play the majority of the games when the Celtics are healthy. So why throw them into a starting role? Like, I'm, it's it's bother. I understood at the beginning, it's, it's very much I want to keep the bench unit intact and run the same lineups with the bench unit. But if you're trying to play your best 10 guys – nine guys, which is pretty much what Joe Mazzola has been doing for the majority of the season. I don't understand putting in an an 11th guy in the rotation, right? Run the guys that play with you. Like this is a game, throw Grant Williams in there, throw Grant in to start, 
throw hell throw time lord in like to me that's another thing that i i get that they're trying to keep his minutes down but eventually that's the end goal right or is it not because it seems like the celtics keep going towards that two guard lineup a lot in the starting in the starting units i mean it's been marcus smart and Derek white and i know with that lineup you're not really giving up a lot of size like it's a big small lineup uh, but at the end of the day, like if the end goal is to get back to a double big, why are we starting Pritchard and not a Grant or a Time Lord? Like just substitute Time Lord out. Give them four minutes to begin the game. Get the Celtics off to a hot start. Looking good. The energy's there. And hopefully that just maintains throughout the game. Right? If you have to take them out, you have to take them out. Like, I just, I don't think that rotations need to be set in stone as much as they seem to have been set in stone. Uh, But that's it. I mean, that's the thing that's been frustrating me about Joe. It's the part that's been frustrating me about this run. I do not think that the Celtics are broken, despite my title. Uh, Three straight losses sucks. Five of six sucks. Totally get it. Are the Celtics broken? No. The Celtics at this point last season were a 500 team. We're still sitting at 22 and 10. So I'm not going to hit the panic button. I don't think it's, I think it's way too early in the season to hit the panic button. The Celtics are still a half game behind Milwaukee for first place. The gap is certainly getting smaller from all of the teams below us. You know, Cleveland's only a half game below us. Brooklyn is only two games below us, you know, and I hate to say that, but yeah, literally Brooklyn, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philly, three, four, five in the Eastern conference. Hate seeing those teams there, but they're playing well right now. Got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, And just like you got to give the Pacers credit in this one, you know, they came out here, Halliburton balled out. Like he looks like an all-star, like he's playing at the absolute top of his game. It's just they ran up against a a team in the Celtics that is on a a terrible slump, and that's what it boils down to. Halliburton in this one, 33 points, 8 assists on 12 of 24 from the field, 6 of 13 from 3. Like there, He's playing at an all-time level. Give him credit. Aaron Neesmith played 28 minutes, started for the Pacers, 15 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, solid. Three-point shot, still sucks. Only one of five. But you got to give the Pacers credit. They came out with more energy than the Celtics, and that's really what it boiled down to. The first two quarters, the Celtics just could not overcome. So that's where we're going to wrap things up for today. Frustrating game, frustrating podcast, but that's where we stand. If you haven't done so already, make sure to follow our Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die, our YouTube page, Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to rate and review the podcast, five-star written review. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. Yeah, you couldn't help it. I know you felt it. Green and white, white and green. Who are we to sell it? Who are we to sell it?